This is Pioneering Today with Upper Skagit's own Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith and your pioneer roots here in the beautiful North Cascade Mountains on KSVU 90.1 Community Radio. Hi, this is Melissa Norris with Pioneering Today. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the introduction to heirloom seeds. So I'm really excited to talk to you about heirloom seeds. I Heirloom seeds have such a special place uh, in my heart. Um, so heirloom seeds, if you missed some of our previous episodes, are seeds that have been handed down from generation to generation. They haven't been touched by science. They're not hybrid seeds. They're definitely not GMO seeds. Um, and many times they're handed down from family to family. And that's the case in my family. Um, my grandparents moved out to Washington State from the mountains of North Carolina in the early 1940s. My dad was just a little boy. And they, they migrated out here. They came with two other families on the back of a flatbed truck that they had converted into a camper with, with bunks on it for all the families. And so you can imagine that they didn't get to bring a whole lot with them if you have that many families moving across country in one vehicle back in the 1940s. Uh, but one of the things that they did bring them with them was their garden seed, and specifically was their Tar Heel green bean seed. And so when I, when I grew up, um, we always had a garden every year, and I had never had um, store-bought green beans. My mom home canned a lot of our vegetables, not all of them, but all of our, our green beans were home canned, and they were the Tar Heel green beans. And so, you know, every spring, we would go and till up the garden, and we would plant them, and then, you know, we'd pick them, and I would help her string them and snap them and, and help her can them. And then in the fall, my dad would go out, and after the, the beans were dried, some on the vine, and he would shell the seeds out from them, and then he would put them up and save them for next year. And so... I, at the time, I didn't know that that's, that that was an heirloom seed, you know, and that we were seed saving. It was just well, what we did. And so I remember, um, when my husband and I were dating, he uh, told me he didn't like green beans. I knew he didn't like green beans, but he came for one of his first dinners w- with my parents at our home. And it was in the, it was in the summertime and my mom cooked green beans cause they were fresh and they were in the garden and that's what we had. And so I remember that he dished them up and I, and he ate them, but I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's cool. And then my mom got up to go get something, probably dessert, and he reached for the bowl again. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's really trying to impress because he's going for seconds of something that he doesn't even like. And so I whispered to him, I'm like, you don't have to take seconds. You know, I know you don't like green beans. You don't have to have those. He's like, I don't like green beans, but I love these. So he had never had Tar Heel green beans before. And every year since we've been married, we have grown Tar Heel green beans. And he's and he still loves them to this day. So there's a very big difference a lot in the taste of your heirloom green beans. And I was looking back and, you know, back um, in stuff they, in the Appalachian Mountains back in the day, their, their, their bean seed c- could become, if it was like a, a really good strain and each family would have kind of like their own that you know they would save the seed from year to year and when you when you save your heirloom seed year to year you the gardener are out there and you know which plants are producing the best you decide which plants that you like 
the beans have the best flavor from, you know, that look the best. So those are the plants that you save your seed from. So over time and, and generations, they can alter a little bit by which ones you're saving because you're, you're basically naturally selecting um, what you like and that's what your plant will then become. So in some places and what they call the haulers back there, if a girl's family had a strain of highly sought after Tahoe green bean seed, it could become her dowry. It was part of her dowry was this, this bean seed. And so I love heirloom seeds because of the history. I mean, it's a living history when you plant these heirloom seeds that reaches back through the hands of time to the, the people that planted them and saved them and preserved them for you. And so I just, I think it's awesome. I think it's really worthwhile. And so we've always had um, our heirloom Tar Heel green bean seeds, their pole bean that came from North Carolina. And then the other kind of bean seed that we had that's heirloom bean seed and we still use today um, at, at our home is called October beans. And they're a little bit different than, than the regular green bean. They're a bean that grows. Um, they're also a pole bean. Both varieties that we have are a pole bean. And so you have to have them. They have to be on a trellis or a pole. They climb up it. Um but they, you, and about, they're called October beans because usually by October, sometimes by September, depending upon our weather here is when they're ready and they're a shelled bean. And so you shell the bean out of the pod and then you can can them or dry them and use them in chili soups. I make uh refried beans out of them actually. And I have, um, on melissaknorris.com. Um, I have under the Pioneering Today recipes, I have the recipe um, to make homemade refried beans in 10 minutes. And they are really good and they're really quick and they're easy to make. Um, so you can go in and look up that. And then I also do um, on the website, melissaknorris.com, as I do giveaways of these seeds. Because that's the thing about heirloom seeds is some of the varieties you can't buy in the store. I have never seen the Tar Heel green beans for sale in the store or in any seed catalogs. And I've looked in a lot of them and I've never seen anything that's quite close to them. I have seen on the October beans, um, it was called dragon's tongue on some of the heirloom bean seed catalogs. It looks very similar to that. And I think it's really, really close. They're probably related. Um, so the heirloom seeds, they have so much more variety and depth than what we have with the commercial hybrid seeds, which the hybrid seeds, you know, they're not bad, but with the heirloom seeds, there is just so much variety. It's amazing. We grow a potato and it's called purple majesty and it's an heirloom potato and it is purple. I mean, deep purple. You can actually dye it and do stamping with it. Um, but it has because it's purple and any, you know, your blueberries, anything that, that has those deep colors in the purple has 10 times more antioxidants in it than a regular potato. So a lot of these heirloom, heirloom, excuse me, varieties have a lot more in them nutritionally and taste wise than your hybrid varieties do. So there's, there's three things that classify a seed or a plant as an heirloom. And the first thing that has to be is, is what is a terminology. And you'll, you can see this when you're online or looking through seed catalogs or, or anything like that. And it's called open pollinated. So open pollinated are plant varieties that have stable traits from one generation to the next. They're pollinated by the wind and insects. So what this really means in simple terms is when the plant forms its blossom, 
in order for the blossom to produce its fruit or vegetable, it has to be pollinated. So not all plants require actual pollination, from an, but nonetheless, all heirloom vegetables are called open pollinated. Um, so when we talk open pollination and self-pollinating plants within the heirloom category, so kind of think of self-pollinating plants as a subcategory of open pollination in regards to heirloom. Self-pollinating plants do not require insects to pollinate them to produce fruit. So they have a male and female within the blossom on the plant, and that pollinates itself. So that means that you don't have to worry about them crossbreeding with another variety. So if you're just getting into heirloom gardening, and you want to try some of the plants, and you want to save the seed, because that's really the great uh, one of the best benefits to me of the heirloom varieties is you can save the seed. So you become self-sustainable in your garden seed because you can save your own. Um, and of course, then there's no cost. I mean, you, you buy the plant, the seed once, if you don't have anybody, you know, that's already a seed saver to pass them along to you. And then you see the save yourself and then you never have to buy it again. So you're becoming self-sustainable. You only have your own seed source and the cost. So if you're just beginning to get into heirloom gardening and you're, you can plant an all heirloom garden, if you don't want to save the seeds, then you can still purchase heirloom seeds if you're doing it just for the variety and the flavor and all the, the fun different things that they have. Um, but beans and tomatoes basically fall into the self-pollinating category. So you don't have to worry about them cross-pollinating with other species that you're planting. So if you're just starting into heirloom gardening and you want to start saving your own seed, beans are the easiest one to start saving with. Um, so you just plant them, they self-pollinate themselves. And so when the bean forms, because it's been so, it, when they're self-pollinating inside the blossom, the male and the female parts pollinate before the blossom opens. So then once the blossom opens, they're already pollinated, so then they can't pollinate with anything else. So it's kind of a safeguard. So beans are great that way because you don't have to worry about them crossing. Um, a lot of tomatoes won't cross-pollinate, um, but when you seed-save tomatoes, it's not hard. But for your first time saving tomato seed, you have to ferment it. And so it's usually just like a three-day process um, to do that. And I have information on doing that. Um, I'll have some articles and stuff this fall on my website about how to save your different kinds of seeds. And we'll have some further shows on that so you can get more information on that. Um, but some seeds you do have to ferment before you can save them so that they'll come up the next year. And tomatoes fall into that category. Um so other varieties um, you can do um, onions don't generally cross pollinate um, garlic. So you can just save your bulbs of garlic. Um, that's what we're going to do this year. We've grown garlic for about the past three years. So I've had to buy garlic from the store. And what's really nice is if you do the soft neck garlic, there's um, hard neck and soft neck. And if you do soft neck, then you can braid it. And that's the garlic that you see hanging in the braids in the kitchen. And so one you have your fret, your garlic right there that you've grown. And then two, I think it looks really, I mean, it looks rustic and, and pretty as a decoration, the braid of garlic hanging in the kitchen. So, um, that's one thing that you can also save, even though it's not technically a seed because you have your garlic bulb from, from year to year. Um, and then the other characteristic for it to be classified as an heirloom is not just the, um, open pollination is the age. So most people classify heirloom plants as having been 
if they've been around in existence that strain since before 1951. And that's when uh, the first hybrid plants were introduced to the public, actually. So some heirlooms are, are much older, you know, dating back hundreds, thousands of years even. Um, but that's generally the classification um, for that. And then the third is the uh, quality of the heirloom seeds. Um, and that's going to be on, on taste. Most heirloom seeds, like if you've ever had an heirloom tomato versus a regular hybrid tomato, the depth of taste is just so much stronger and better. It's much more flavorful. Um, and that the, the visual appeal, you know, heirloom tomatoes, they come in all different colors. There's not just red. You've got yellow, you've got purple, you've got red. There's even black. There's black tomatoes. Um, so the variety among your heirloom varieties is much more than it is for the hybrid. Um, and visual appeal, I mean, you, there um, is all the different colors. You know, and then the, your heirloom tomatoes especially will look different. You know, they're not like perfectly round or, you, you know, they have bumps on them and they'll grow like in funny little shapes. And you'll find some that, you know, people post pictures on Facebook and stuff of their heirloom tomatoes that they think looks like something. So that can be kind of fun. Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, your ability to save the seeds. So when you're doing the, the heirloom gardening, if you want to be able to save your seed on the plants that are cross-pollinating. So that would be your, um, like your squash varieties. So um, if I have two different kinds of cucumbers that are growing, then those will cross-pollinate with one another. So if you want to if you want to just order heirloom seeds each year and you don't want to save them, then you don't have to worry about them when they're cross-pollinating when you're going to eat them because it's just the seeds if you were to replant them. The vegetable itself is just fine. So you just eat them and don't worry about it. If you want to be able to save the seeds, then you can get, they have what they call, um, you can get little bags or you can get cages or some people will just take um, the a piece of tape and they'll go out. And so this is where your home gardening, you, you get really attached to your garden and you get to know it really well. So you go out and you'll see when the vine first starts to produce its first blossoms and then you'll, you'll tape the, the male blossom which is um, down on the vine further out where the fruit actually forms from, shut. And then you'll tape a female blossom, which is closer up to the vine. You'll tape those shut before they open. And then when your other blossoms on the plant start to open, you'll go in, you'll take that tape off early in the morning, early in the morning, and you'll get a little paintbrush, just like a little watercolor brush. And you will take the pollen from the male blossom and you'll put it on the female blossom and then you will tape them back up so that not you know another bug or anything can't be can't get in there to cross pollinate it after you've pollinated it and then you can some people tie a string on it some people wait till the you know the, the squash or the cucumbers actually formed and they'll mark it as that's the one that they've hand pollinated and that's the one that they'll save and that they'll take their seeds from so you can also get um like i said there's cages that you can get and you just set over, you'll plant one plant that you're just doing that for it. And they don't have to, well, as soon as the blossoms open, the bugs can't get in to cross pollinate it. So then you can just do it by hand yourself instead of doing the tape 
version. Um, but there's some wonderful articles online. There's a really great book called um, Seed to Seed that you can get that talks all about how to do all the hand pollinating. Um, this year, I actually did some hand pollination my first time on some of our apple trees. Um, I just didn't wasn't seeing any bees out. And I was worried that they weren't getting cross pollinated. So I went out and I took my little paintbrush and I, I hand pollinated them. And I'd gotten about, um, I think about 10 blossoms I had cross pollinated, which are, we have a little mini orchard. It's, it's, um, small. And so I only had, um, two trees that needed to be cross pollinated. We have one that's a self pollinating apple and I have two that need to be cross pollinated and they're still fairly small. So I could do it easily (laughs) without being on a ladder or, um, being at really time involved, but it was really funny because I hadn't seen any bees out. We'd planted the whole garden. We'd been outside quite a bit, and I was hand pollinating them. And I looked down at the, at the at the apple blossom, and it was an apple blossom that still was closed. It wasn't even fully open yet. And I see something kind of wiggling in it. And I look down. And I'm like, "What is that?" And it was a little tiny orchard bee. So I was really relieved that God hadn't left the pollinating up to me all by myself that there were a few bees out, but I decided to help them out anyways. And, and I kept going and did it a few more. So hand pollinating can, can be a, you know, a, it's a science, but it's one that's quite easily learned and that you can definitely do. And that I think is well worth it. And I think is a, you know, a, a tradition with these heirloom seeds that, that we don't want to lose them. You know, and that's, that's kind of the danger because, Unless, you know, people are starting to get an interest back in the heirloom seeds and heirloom gardening. But there's so many varieties that if somebody doesn't have anyone to pass it along to, and then they they pass away and the seed isn't passed along, then that that variety is lost. You know, there's no way to get it back. Um, So I kind of think that that's kind of kind of a sad thing. So I really hope that people get back uh, even more so into heirloom gardening. And I, I think with the the GMO that that's going to happen even more. So if you're interested in heirloom gardening, uh, melissaknorris.com, my website, I have a free book about heirloom gardening. Um, it's an ebook, it's 40 pages, and it's an intro and it's called Heirloom Gardening Guide, Planning to Save Money. And so it'll walk you through where to get heirloom seeds if you don't have any, um, if you don't know anybody that has any to pass them along to you, it'll it'll help you in planning out how to plant your seeds, uh, which plants to plant for your family, especially if you're limited on space, um, and how to start seed saving. And it's just an introduction uh, that'll take you even further in to heirloom gardening. And um, it's completely free. It's an ebook. Um, and if you go to mostkinors.com, it's on the right sidebar, right at the top. And you just put your email in, you sign up for my newsletter, and then you'll get that book. Um, The link will come to you and it's completely free. And I've got some other articles as well on seed saving and planting um, that are for free on the website that you can check out. There's a search button right at the top and you can just type in gardening or I have um, a category that says gardening. You just hit that and it'll bring up all the gardening posts for you. And those are free. So that's something that um, you can get into. And there's a, a really good company and... I ordered my seeds from them this year and I'm really happy with the seeds. They're already coming up and they're one of the few companies that they still have some non GMO corn, heirloom corn available um, because corn is such a, it has a five mile pollination um, when it cross pollinates. And so right now it's really hard to find strains of corn that 
do not have any GMO traces in them. And they have three varieties, and that's um, Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds at rareseeds.com. So it's a really good source to go to if you're looking for heirloom seeds and you want to order them. Um, I've ordered from them. And I've been really happy with what I've got from them. So you can uh, check out that source. And then also I do every spring, I do giveaways of my heirloom seed, our Tar Heel Green Bean Seed and the October Seed. And I'm hoping to uh, get a little bit um, more advanced in my seed saving and have more options available next spring. So you can sign up for that too. So I've really enjoyed being with you today and I hope you're inspired to do your own heirloom gardening. That's it for this edition of Pioneering Today with Melissa K. Norris. Join us next time on KSVU 90.1 Upriver Community Radio.